Ready, set, shape. The ShapeShift podcast is brought to you by Shape, the most powerful mortgage software with everything from texting, lead management, a dialer, LOS integrations, and over 5,000 other apps to help LOs take more deals from new lead to close loan. Welcome to ShapeShift. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan. We are welcomed by our new co-host. Should I call you co-host or just host? Scott Payne, Chief Product Officer at Shape Software. And today we are interviewing uh, Jeff Hogue. Jeff is the Director of Agent Sales at Quote Wizard. Uh, Jeff has been at Quote Wizard since he's out of college for the last 10 years. And he is, well, Quote Wizard, what is it? So when you think Lending Tree, when banks compete, you win. This is kind of the insurance arm of Lending Tree. So you get to the end of the application, ask you, hey, do you want an insurance quote? And Welcome to the show, Jeff. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, for sure. So we were kind of talking before we hit record. Why would somebody go to Quote Wizard? What is it all about? And uh, I guess it's a recent acquisition of Lending Tree. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. So when banks compete, you win. That's always been the Lending Tree mantra. And Quote Wizard just expanded on that in a different industry. So Quote Wizard focuses solely on the insurance industry. And we know that there are plenty of options out there. You turn on the TV these days and you're just kind of slapped with a bunch of different ads for every major insurance agency. So that can be a little overwhelming to consumers. So uh, we set up a service where you come to Quote Wizard and the insurance companies are going to compete for your business. And hopefully you get the best rate, the best service out of that. Cool. So recently, Shape just fully integrated with a Quote Wizard. And you got the chance to see it for the first time. And this is something that I always like to ask people because it's unlike anything else. So on your first view of it, what struck you as the coolest thing? What jumped out to you as something that you think is really impactful and helpful to users of Shape? There were two things, really. Number one was the interface. I've seen a lot of different CRMs. Our agent base is really diverse in terms of what they use. And I try to stay well-versed into uh, what our clients are finding helpful. So Shapes interface, you know, it, that's very important when it comes to software because a lot of a lot of stuff that's targeted towards our industries here are kind of in the stone age. And that doesn't mean that they're not useful, but when you create something that's beautiful and easier to use, it's going to be more helpful to you. So that was number one. I think number two, though, definitely was uh, the ability to control cadences. So finding a cadence and being able to repeat that, that is a lot of people's bread and butter. And that's really what separates a business that is able to scale a lot more quickly. Can you standardize it? Can you make sure that uh, you have your system so that everybody's doing the same things? That's your whole brand right there. So that's something you really want deep control of. And I thought Shape did a wonderful job of that. And when you talk about Stone Age, if you were to say, okay, this is something that Shape does, this is something that other competitors might, might do, what's Stone Age and what's Shape? Okay, so I've used some tools before where in order to build a process, you literally have to write lines of code. And that can be really powerful. And I'm sure, I'm sure all of us have used something like that before. Uh, with Shape, a lot of it was clicking, drag and drop. 
Uh, it had images associated with it. That's really powerful. And it, it's just appealing. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to write code, so I don't write code. You know, it's Scott, Scott and I, both of us, we talk about this and um, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to Scott is that, you know, you, a lot of times you need a PhD in lead management to be able to figure out the CRM system. And you're right. I think it's cool. Just drag and drop. It's super easy to use and easy to figure out. You don't need to be a computer programmer to optimize it the way that you want to do it. And I was my, my analogy I like to use is the, you know, I've had uh, two cars in our, in our household before one was the really nice car. And one was the car that wasn't all that nice was old. It was like rusting and just, you know, all of that. And I knew the mornings I knew I got to drive that car, the, the really nice car. I woke up, I was ready to go and ready to go drive the car. I think it's a lot of the same way here with technology, where if you're not excited to show up at work and jump right into the system, you know, it's gonna be really tough to do that on a consistent basis. So I think it's one thing that really does set shape apart from other mm -hmm. stuff. So, okay, let's go to, it was recently acquired by Lenny Tree. I mean, right. super nerd stuff, but it was acquired for a bunch of money. Talk to us about it because you were a part of the company when it all happened. What, what, what all went down? Right. So I joined the company in 2013. We were acquired in 2018 by Lending Tree and super exciting $300 million acquisition. You know, they brought, they brought a big oversized check into the office and everything. So we definitely celebrated as, as you should when, when you are part of a successful company. I think Lending Tree really came to us and, and we had a couple options in terms of who we wanted to sell to. The, the, goal was always to sell the company. They wanted to have a successful exit. They had done it before. When you had competing offers there, Lending Tree was really enticing because they came in and they said, hey, we already do this for a bunch of different industries. You know, we, we are a titan in mortgage. We do it for credit cards. We do it for personal loans. We do it for auto loans. Like when you're talking about your financial house, stuff like your mortgage, your auto loan, any loan that you carry and your insurance are all part of that. So there's a lot of power in bringing all of that under one brand. And it's been super exciting, obviously being part of a big publicly traded company, you can go look at the stock, you know, on the NASDAQ and it, it's definitely exciting. It, it's a whole new behemoth. You're competing with a lot more people and there's a lot more eyes on you, but that's very exciting. Uh, just as exciting as being a small, rapidly growing private business. Bro, that's awesome. So let's talk about, uh, you mentioned controlling the cadence. And I think that this is definitely Scott's realm of, I would say, the super technical pieces of being a, a chief product officer at Shape. It, you're talking about how it shows you what to say when you're on the phone with someone. So like, for instance, you hire a virtual assistant. Here's the script. But like you have to flip through the pages on your, you know, on your desk. You're saying that like, look, it's it's right in front of you and you get to control that. Talk about how that's a game changer for somebody that wants to scale like you're talking about. And then what are the best practices? How would you actually, I guess, use that in your insurance practice? Right. So we're, you know, consumers these days are are very focused on getting what they want right now. So a lot of stuff comes down to speed. And some companies really excel at that. And, you know, some others might leave something to be desired. So we have to offer the right product at the right speed. And let's take your example. You hire a virtual assistant. They get on the phone with somebody who needs an auto insurance quote. 
yeah, they're going to have that script available, which is which is key because again, you need to control your brand. And if you have you know ten different sales reps saying ten different things, that does not uh, equate to a good experience for everybody. So standardizing that is going to help you really control your value proposition. But I think taking it a step further, you're not going to close every sale on the first call. So what happens when that phone call hangs up? You need to be able to go in and say, for what reason did you not get that sale? And how do we proceed from there? You know, if you disposition it for one reason, it could mean that you need to call tomorrow versus a different reason, which is we should let this rest for, for a couple more days while they get their stuff figured out. So that can be incredibly successful because you know, we're all human. We're all prone to mistake. And hey, I don't know if you guys have forgotten anything lately. I definitely have. So having a system that reminds you that you need to do something, that's the way to remove the human error from the process. Yeah, I was going to add too that, you know, being in these, 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 this actual seat before to know that if you have salespeople and you just say, here's the playbook, go do it. And you don't have visibility or the tracking to know, like, are they actually doing it is one challenge, but let alone you're trying to create a kind of an experience that you can judge the data from because if everyone's doing it different, you're not going to know what's working. But if you give everyone a consistent, this is the order in which you follow up. Now we can learn a B test, understand what's good, what's not make adjustments. And to your point, Jeff, you know, if, if they're not, you know, if they're kind of doing their own thing out there and not having to know when to follow up and all of that from that cadence standpoint, it's, it's a big missing piece that I think we see a lot with agents today as they are trying to scale because most want to scale in some way. There's opportunities nowadays to, to maybe go out and buy other books of business and they want to be able to scale, but they got to have some things in place. And I think Shape's a great fit for those agents looking to do that down the road. Yeah. You take that, you know, another step, being able to have standardized email templates is great because again, you have 10 people, they're all going to have their different writing styles. You know, not everybody is going to be using chat GPT to write all their emails. Right. So, you know, you put those in front of them and you, and you give them the proper training to say like, Hey, you know, if, if they're talking about how their home insurance quote was way too high, here's a, here's an email template that we have that talks about the importance of protecting your home. I think all of those are really great tactics and something that shape really uh, helps bring to the table easily. So let's talk about that. What are the best follow-up techniques? for someone that, hey, you get up on, on the phone and it was a positive conversation, but they're not ready to move forward. What are you finding? I mean, gosh, you guys must just get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of, of new leads in. If you were to just like kind of break down bird's eye view, what's the best way to for a lead to flow through towards a sale? The really cool thing is you can really use an omni-channel approach at this point to engage with consumers. So Something that definitely I don't think is a, a well-kept secret anymore is the power of text messaging. I think, you know, when somebody comes through a funnel and they want something, they really, to, in today's world, they are kind of looking for instant gratification. A lot of businesses don't work that way, though. You can't really get many mortgage quotes completely online, just like you can't get a bunch of insurance quotes online. There are some companies that offer it, some that don't. So meet them where they're at. And I'm always on my cell phone. You know, uh, I think everybody's heard that before. Hey, put down your phone. Hey, put down your phone. We're all busy people. And I think a lot of sales leaders in particular can really resonate with the fact that if you text message me, I am very likely to respond. Whether or not that's like a positive or a negative, it's at least an answer that you're going to get. So that's a big thing that we preach to our customers right now. I was going to ask about maybe your to have you think, think through my hypothesis 
about video. So if I'm buying online leads, when I think insurance agent, I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to be able to walk into the office of my agent and sit down at their desk face to face and have a conversation. But if I'm buying an online lead, I can't really do the face to face conversation as easily as I could just go into the office. So my hypothesis about video is that, you know, that really the power of that could be, it could be really impactful to an agent in this online space where they can still drive a face-to-face conversation, whether it be through just call it FaceTime or some other type of video built into the system. What are your thoughts on how that might play out? You know, we've also talked about things about maybe like the follow-up could be a video instead of a text message or an email and you sit and record an actual video from the agent owner. Maybe he's just saying, Hey, we would love to have you back. You know, whatever the case may be, what are your thoughts and how do you see that as we progress into the new technological era that we're going into with video. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to need to bear with me on this answer because I'm going to go into nerd world for a bit. Okay. Dude, let's Uh, nerd. Let's nerd. Let's do it. (laughs) So in terms of like human interaction with robots, like it's definitely becoming reality, like very quickly, uncomfortably quickly, if you ask me, the human element is has a huge value proposition. So to go off what you said, if you're able to create a customized video to send to somebody, that's gold because they are, they're a lot less likely to just completely ignore you. Number one, Hey, I actually took the time to record a quick introduction. I want to tell you about my product. I want to tell you about how I can help you help protect you, help you achieve the goals that you want. That's what we're aiming for. I would much rather buy something from somebody that I know is human and I know is somebody that, that I can get along with. Because if I buy from a robot, what's my experience gonna be like when something goes wrong? Am I still talking to a robot or do I get somebody on the other line that truly cares? As a sales leader, I'll say that I walk into a Best Buy and, and somebody wants to tell me about a new speaker. I don't even need a new speaker, but I'll let them talk to me about it because I just value uh, that face-to-face interaction. I value that human touch. And the fact that somebody's passionate about something, because I think if somebody's passionate about something, they're just inherently going to help you better than somebody who's just looking to to get some money. And and the thing is, is how do you show that? You know, I think you're right, Scott. The best way is going to be with a video. And in regards to omni-channel, I love talking about omni-channel. I, I, love, I just like saying the word. I sound cool. <laughs> omni-channel. It's by sending multiple ways, multiple different forms of communication. So you have email, you have text, you have video, you have a phone call, maybe even have a social media DM, you know, and, and if you do all of those, the likelihood of you connecting with the customer is a lot higher. But the other thing is, is that it takes 17 contact attempts for a sale to be made. And that's, that's across all industries. And most people, the average is one and a half. So if you can add something into the mix, and even if it's like what you're saying, the head of the insurance company, it doesn't even have to be personalized almost. It, like it, it just it is a video. Hey, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. We look forward to helping you. And like that, that could literally just be it. But man, I think that that's so important. And if you have 10 different systems that do it, what's the likelihood of it getting done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would- I would argue zero. So, all right, I want to move to really adapting to the online world. So we're kind of there already. Are you finding that, because here you're 10 years from college, that's Gen Z, right? That's gotta be, that's Gen Z, right? Yeah, yep. Okay, so I guess here, the Generation X, I'm, I'm I'm in the millennial section of things, but I'm an older millennial. So 
I kind of look at it like, okay, is somebody going to buy off of a DM? Are you going to DM somebody and, and buy? I would say a lot of people in Gen Z would say yes to that. But if you're going to talk to a baby boomer, they'd be like, absolutely not. Don't you dare message me on social media. Like, how mm -hmm. are you stalking me? It, it's kind of like a weird thing. So adopting to an online world and really the future, where do you see it going? Do you see it going to DMs? Do you see it going to, to that type of stuff? I guess, what should somebody that's trying to, that's getting into it now that, hey, I really want to optimize for, you know, the new world. What's, what's something that they need to look out for and what's something that they need to adapt to? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. It's something that I touch on with all of my new hires. So when somebody comes through the door, I hire somebody. Um, I always ask them because we're an insurance related business, who do you buy insurance from and why? And there, there are two key answers and I think they'll kind of surprise you. So the first one is a, a company that let me quote and bind online. You know, we're talking about the big names you see on the television all the time. So fully online process. I didn't talk to anybody exactly like you just said. They could have DM them on Instagram or, or Twitter and gotten that sale, right? The second one really surprises me, which is a lot of people are just like, I buy from the same agent that my parents bought from. You know, mm -hmm. I've been insured with them the entire time. I haven't shopped my insurance in six years, you know, and the one time I did, I felt kind of guilty because like, this is the, this is the guy or the gal that we've been going with the whole time. And that genuinely surprises me because I have had some young people come through the door that, that I would expect, like would go to one of these online brokers and just click the buy button. But um, that sense of loyalty, that sense of, I have actually met this person. My parents introduced me to them. Like that runs deep and it kind of, ties back to what we were just talking about. So so what you need to do if you're if you don't have a buy button online is really focus on that value proposition which is like I am somebody in your local community. I don't mean to go on a tangent here but No no, I like it. I I live outside of Tacoma, Washington. One of the agents who works are a very big name, may or may not have Pat Mahomes representing them on TV he does a really good job of getting into community events. So I went to a street fair the other day. He had a whole booth set up. He was handing out sunglasses. I'm sure he probably generated some great business from it. He sponsors things. I'm, I'm a dad. There's something called the Tacoma Dads Group. He sponsored a little uh, beer and wine mixer for the Tacoma Dads Group. And that meant a lot to that group. And what better way to get in front of some good value prospects than to sponsor something like that. So he's really hammering in on being part of his local community. And, and that's how he's going to win. I'm very confident in that because I've met him and, and know that he does good business. So, you know, it actually, it, I mean, I'm sure it surprises a lot to hear that I just went with who my parents went with, but honestly, that's, both the, the congruency between the two, I just went online to hit buy now and I just went with who my parents went with. It was just easy. Mm -hmm. it, it was just easy. I didn't have to start an awkward conversation with somebody and I could just hit go. And I feel like if the people that focus on the relationship side of things that are in the community are part of the dad's group. I know Scott's a part of a dad's group. And I mean, but bro, like how many people would buy from you just because you're part of that dad's group like if there's anybody in need of a crm system in scott's dad group you know they're gonna <laughs> you know you know who they're going with but that's kind of the point if you could do that and then also at scale leverage excellent technology that all of the big names have themselves i promise you all of the big names are sending omni-channel communication are calling them right away have a follow-up system have a cadence to their call script 
if you can mirror the stuff that the big companies are doing, I would say that the local person that actually has the personality that cares about the local market, you'll crush the competition. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to add too. I mean, and maybe you can tell me, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot to, to give too much information away about this particular person, but can you talk about like he handed out sunglasses was he taking like dad's information, like first name, last name, email address and trying to, you know, get a lead out of it? What, what, what did that specific event look like? Yeah. I, you know, I don't recall how he was gathering information again. I already know the guy. So, you know, I was able to just like pop in and pop out. Uh, I do think he had a sign up form there, but a lot of that is just really, is really branding. Like, Hey, I yeah. exist and I'm right here and I sponsored this event. And, you know, like, feel free to talk to me about business if you would like to, but you don't have to, uh, you know, at that point, it, it just comes down to like, what, specifically with insurance, it's a need, you know, you can't legally drive a car without insurance. So like your total addressable market is, is crazy big. And, you know, most people have cars, there are more cars in the United States than there are people. So yeah. it's a good business to be in. That's why they say it's like stable and recession proof. But yeah, I don't recall exactly what he was doing, but uh, he got a lot of brand equity out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, the, so I'll give you one example that I, I worked with an agent on recently inside of Shape to help them with an event like this. Mm -hmm. They do many events, but when I asked him like, what event is the most successful? He's like, I don't really know because I don't really track like where the, where the information came from. So what we set up for him was essentially a QR code specific to each event. And when they, when they scan the QR code, it takes them to a quick landing page to, to gather some information, as well as, by the way, kid information, uh, ages, right? Because I want to use that, as you mentioned, a 12-year-old is going to be 16 in four years. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get them on a drip campaign over the next four years to make sure that they think of me when it comes time for that 16-year-old insurance. But regardless, they filled out the form, and now the lead is created in shape, and it's tagged as it came from this event. And we can now see how many records came from this event. We can now see conversion rate. And then what, what we set up as well was on Monday morning when they came into the office, we said, here's all the people who submitted the information. We have them record a quick video. Hey, Joe, thanks for coming out to the event. It was great seeing you there. They send out the video. We can track now how much of the video is watched. Is it opened? Is it watched completely? That then prioritizes it later on for, uh, for follow-up, et cetera. So anyways, and, and I think what we're also doing with this is now kind of helping them create an ROI because... It costs money to sponsor events like this. Mm -hmm. And if you, if I can tell that, Hey, it makes sense for me to sponsor these things. Although the brand is great. You can't take that away. Absolutely. Um, but still to understand kind of what am I getting out of my investment dollars for sponsoring a golf tournament or going out and collecting, you know, information and really just kind of let them choose their own path. You don't want to just blast everybody with a bunch of emails, like make it personable, use the video component of it, ask if they'd like to be followed up with a later date. Yes or no, no different path. Yes. Different path and the, the cadences and workflows all come in from that. How does that resonate from someone who works with insurance agents today who maybe aren't doing things like that? How does that resonate? It makes me think I need to just open an insurance agency. <laughs> yeah, right. no, I, I love my job, but, but I think like, you know, being able to create that personalized content is, is very valuable. And I think that that's a killer idea. So, you know, just having an easy QR code to scan and then having that being able to, import as a lead and collecting those data points, that's killer. That's super killer. And, you know, you have instantly something to do on Monday morning to come in and say, hey, thanks for dropping by. You can drop that to a bunch of different people. That's probably going to be one of your best converting leads that you'll ever get. 
so, so yeah so insurance agents take notes that's like what a great idea that's like such i mean scott you should charge money for that one i i, I would even add to it is that what about data integrity you know where did this actually come from and what is working and what isn't it's like here if you post a video online and nobody watches it and nobody buys from you well maybe don't do that video again but if you do have one that performs and people sign up and people go like do more of that but mm -hmm. if you don't know you don't know yeah. so i mean how do you even how can you build if you don't know what your data is and then is the data legit but part of it too is duplicate management component of it as well, because if I'm doing this over and again, I'm probably going to get the same lead from the same person over time. And what's cool about shape is that with duplicate management, we can say, Hey, you received, you know, you, they, you saw them in this event two years ago and you got them again this year. You may not need to create the brand new path video, whatever the video message now is different. Hey, saw you out two years ago, saw you this time and you personalize it in that way. And it may, and it, by the way, the message is not a sales message. It is a, Hey, I just wanted to say thanks for being part of the event. I'm here if you need me. There's no, and you, and you pitch it that way and you pitch it as, Hey, if you have a friend or family who might need insurance, understand this is the attention that they're going to get. This is the service they're going to get from us. So if you could send a referral away, that's great. By the way, here's a link that you can give to them and it'll be associated with, with you. You want to even go that far. So we talked about doing that as well. So now they can track like this referral came from this customer or from this lead. And so I want to send them a thank you gift or, or what have you. Again, the power of shape is endless. Like we, we can come up with some really creative stuff. And by the way, what I talked about with the QR code, like that was, it took us like 30 to 45 minutes to, to do all of the things I just said yeah. um, from a setup perspective. So it wasn't like we had to go build something really super custom. It was just walk through a couple of steps to make sure that we have the information where it needs to go, set up the right programs and go from there. And the agent yep. now is doing it on their own. Like, it, it, you know, we, we trained them how to do it. It's that easy for them to mm -hmm. set up in the future. So, okay, I'm going to pivot. We're going to go to top three things, Jeff. We're going on like, you know, customer retention. We're going out, you know, get, you know, capturing leads and that type of stuff at, at events and being in person. But now on in the online lead world, there's a little bit different strategy to get a hold of somebody and then not just get a hold of somebody, but convert. So if you were to say, hey, Based on all of my knowledge and 10 years here at Quote Wizard, the best people do these top three things, what would they be? Interesting question, because I could go a lot of ways with it, I think. But the top one is definitely, and, and this is going to be the same with a lot of different sales organizations, it really is speed to the phone. So make sure that you're setting yourself up for a product that you can work effectively. Because if you get a bunch of leads in and you just can't work them, if, you know, let's say that lead number I don't know, 15 out of 30 really needed your product. If you didn't work your way up to calling lead number 15 today, like you might be out some business, they might've gone with your competitor. So making sure that you're setting yourself up appropriately because everybody's a uh, different shape and size when it comes to the size of their business. So how quickly, just to, just to go dig a little bit deeper with it, how quickly does somebody need to contact somebody? I mean, as quickly as possible, again, we're, we're, really motivated these days by instant gratification. So you're going up against a company that could present a buy button. So you want to get in touch with them before they before they buy from somebody else. Same day? Same four day. Hours, for, sure. for sure. I would four say hours, one hour, five minutes, one minute. You know, there are different strategies for it. If you're struggling to get in touch with somebody within, I would say at least the first 
hour to two hours, then maybe you should go with a different product. We, for example, sell calls as well. So the consumer's on the phone. You don't have to worry about calling them. We call you, they're on the phone. If you're buying a, an online lead, yeah, you want to get in touch with them within the first couple of hours because you know hours can go by pretty quickly and you can get a lot done during that time. So I would cool. say that that's um, a big thing. Number two, it, again, I'm going to hammer the cadence. You know, you're not going to get in touch with everybody on your first call and you need to be able to follow up effectively with them. So I've seen a lot of different ways to cut this. One of our largest clients and most successful clients, he has a bunch of different strategies that he uses. One of them is, uh, for example, he actually doesn't put the lead source on his leads for his reps. He says that, hey, a lot of pre-judging goes along with lead sources. And I find that if I actually hide it, every single one has worked in the exact same way. So he's always going for that consistency. And when you get that consistency, he wins. He, you know, he has like six agencies in our state. So very, very big, uh, successful client. The third one, you know, this is where I kind of struggle because again, there's, there's different ways to go with this, but always be evaluating, right? I think that you need to know your numbers as a sales leader all the time. So if something is slipping, you either need to know, is it my fault? Is it maybe one of my producer's faults? Or is there something wrong with my account? You know, we're talking internet leads here. So not every single one that would that will come through is going to be a sale. If that was the case, then, well, we wouldn't need to sell them to multiple insurance agents, right? We could just sign them all up ourselves. So, so I think like making sure that you're evaluating, you know, your close rates and making data-driven decisions off of that. I mean, that's super interesting. I really like the idea of um, going back to cadence and best practices. I really like not putting a lead source on. I think that that's wise because I, as a former lead caller, I would prejudge, mm -hmm. you know? Oh man, this is one of these leads. I'm just gonna, whatever. Or property-based leads versus financial-based <clears throat> leads. You kind of give it a different, I don't know, eh, I'm gonna half-ass this one type of a thing. But that that's wise. And then the other thing is that, yeah, know your numbers, data integrity. I mean, you got to know what's happening. Where is this coming from? Okay. We've closed zero of the last hundred of this lead source. Maybe it's time to turn that one off <laughs> or this one salesperson isn't converting at all. And the thing is, is that with a lot of different systems, it's chaotic at best and sometimes even impossible to tell what is happening in real time, let alone a month later. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you saw this in the system, Jeff, or not, but Shaped IQ, which is a lead scoring mechanism that looks at not just the score of the lead when it comes in. That's typically where lead scores, people think of lead score, it's like, what is the score at the time the lead came in? But with Shaped IQ, it takes multiple things into account, such as lead source or such as uh, the status or the state, or uh, it learns over time what your agency is good at. And what are the things that you excel at? And then prioritizes it for them. So just like we don't want them looking at the lead source, we just want to show them the best available lead right now based on that score. And that's the lead they work regardless of the source. And there might, you know, there might be other factors. You might have a good source uh, that converts high and they may not see the score, but you have other attributes about it that make it not as good. And so that just, you know, deprioritizes it automatically for the salespeople. So I really love that concept. What, what have you seen agencies use from a, lead scoring mechanism in the past? Anything you see out there? You know, a lot of them will leverage their internal CRM to 
try to find the best way. I, I think that that is a process that 100% needs some innovation. So it's good that a CRM like Shape is uh, tackling that because I think like, you know, stop improving and, and you're never going to get any better there. So definitely I have not seen a perfect solution for that. Yeah. And in fact, if, if I go back to my answer, the most imperfect, perfect solution is somebody just hiding it completely, which, but kind of tells me that, that, uh, there's space for improvement there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to don't make me think I'm a lead caller. I just want to sell. I want the highest, best opportunity in front of me right now. I want to pick up the phone. I want to click the dial and I want to go through my list and I want to get done and I want to bulldoze through it and get out of my way, you know, mm -hmm. and that's generally the attitude of the top producer people is you kind of have to have that energy and listen, do I have to go through my whole CRM system and sort through it? and figure out which one I'm supposed to call next. I mean, like for me, that just takes you off of your, your, your flow, you're going with it. And, uh, and if you can call through a list and go boom, 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 I think that that's best. So, okay, let's go, go to best practices on nurturing a lead. So let's just say, Hey, a lead comes in, we don't get in contact. How many calls do you recommend to make to someone? And when do you give up? When you give up making call attempts, when is a, a lead a dead lead? Yeah, I think this really varies. And I know that it's not exactly a cop-out answer, but it depends on the size of your agency because like, you want to make sure that you're prioritizing people who are shopping right now. For a smaller agency, maybe they give up a little bit sooner. However, once you buy a lead, that's, that's something you can create a drip campaign on for life. So, you know, I, I won't say that the mailer is dead. We still get... We all still get uh, solicitations in the mail, and that's certainly a path that you can use for some of your older leads to try to re-engage them. Something in insurance is X states. Like you can say with a pretty reasonable degree of accuracy that if somebody's shopping right now, they're probably up for renewal in six months or one year, because that's typically the terms of an insurance policy. So hey, if you didn't get them within, I don't know, the first two weeks, the first three weeks, they probably went with somebody else. But put a task on there to make sure you follow up in six months, because if they were shopping six months ago, they might be shopping again in six months. In terms of call volume per day, you know, I hold everybody to different standards, but I would say, again, use that omni-channel approach and at least try to get three or four touches in on day one. And probably that amount, if not more, every day for the first week, at which point you can let it drop off. Everybody's busy these days, you know? I couldn't take a call right now. Maybe I do need an insurance quote, but I can't take a call right now. And the person who calls me an hour from now and right now, they're more likely to get my business than somebody who just calls me right now and gives up. Interesting. So, okay. Put them on a drip campaign, maybe ping you to reach out six months from now. And like, look, these are all things that Scott, that very easily done within shape. But what's the number? When would you give up? Would the number be like five calls? Like actual click dial, you're, call, you're outbound calling them. Would you call four times a day for the first week? Is, is that generally best practice? I would call three times a day on day one and send a text message. I would do my best to fire off a preliminary quote, uh, take the information that I've gathered so far and see if I can ballpark it. You know, price is important to people and that might be a call to action that resonates with them. Probably on day two, I would follow that up again with three calls, maybe give it a day of rest. It kind of depends on what day of the week it is, but you can kind of scale it down from there. Like you don't want, 
you don't want a consumer who's like, you have called me way too many times, but I always preach to you that like, again, people are busy and somebody who is tenacious in their follow-up, yes, you're going to get people who say, maybe you called me too much. You're probably going to win more business than you lose through that. That's where I think the video comes into play, right? So it's like, hey, somewhere in that process, in the mixture of all those calls, just in the video, it says, hey, they're trying to reach you. Obviously, you see my phone calls. I understand you're busy. Choose a time that's best for you. And I always do this like, hey, point up. And you give them a little call to action button that says schedule time with me. It takes them to a calendar. They can book, schedule the yep. time that works for them. And now you're taking away some of the you know number of attempts that need to be made, some of the frustration on both sides of the fence, because now that you give the borrower the opportunity to not only see your face to face, but then schedule the time that works for them by clicking on that link. And all yep. this track, by the way. The automated calendar link is a game changer too. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was going to ask too, I mean, I've seen the headlines and in fact, I've seen it actually in my bill where my premiums are going up pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it sounds like that's going on all, all across the country. So, you know, to kind of close it up, I was going to ask about what are your tips for education? Because one of the things we're working on with our drip marketing is to, to be more creative when it comes to the education as to why things might happen. You don't want to tell them right now, hey, rates going up and just leave it at that, but educate them on things that maybe are going to happen as they renew in six to 12 months down the road. And then, you know, and then part of this question is what are your views on using video in the education process, not just the text that everyone gets, but using the video again, you see me come back to video a lot, but wanted to hear your thoughts as you talk to agents, what are they doing to educate and where do you see video playing into that as well? Yeah, that's a killer question because it's a huge source of frustration. If you're on any uh, social media groups for insurance agents right now, it's their number one deal. I don't know how to explain to this person why their home insurance doubled because yeah. their home their home didn't grow. They didn't make any improvements and suddenly it's double the cost. Like what happened? So um, yeah, doing a drip campaign in terms of like the price of building materials and why it's valuable to insure your home at that level because like, hey, I'm a fan of, of low cost insurance too. We all are, we're all trying to save a buck, but if my house burns down, I definitely am going to want a new house that is just as good as my old one. And because materials are more and labor is more, that's just gonna cost more. And it's definitely been a really tricky environment, but adding that human element again, by going face to face with somebody virtually through a video, you don't have time to sit down with every single one of your clients and saying, here's the current landscape. Let's talk about, creating a video that's just like, hey, let's talk about Q3, the insurance landscape. You know, you see a lot of people in different industries do this, like realtors who are like, hey, let's talk about uh, the realty landscape in the Seattle area for Q3. You can do the exact same things with insurance and it's going to settle your, your customers down and not make it as surprising when they get a price increase that, yes, I have to agree, is probably inevitable for pretty much all of us at this point. Right. I think that that pretty much wraps it up. I want to uh, thank Jeff for, for joining us today. And for Scott, brother, you look so styling in that shape shirt. I'm just saying. Yeah, look at that. And going fishing yeah. later in it. Yeah. To, to wrap up though, Jeff, what, if you were to give, I guess, share with the world one thing, one more thing, just to, what would you, what would you share? If you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm putting this out there. It's some great, awesome, epic advice. I'm teeing you up. I'm putting you on a pedestal and you're about to shout it from the rooftops. What would Jeff say? 
Man, what a tricky question. I'll just go somewhere that that I was I was taught this by a teacher that I really valued many years ago. I won't say how many, okay? And it, and it's something that I just recently rediscovered, which is one of my teachers told me you need to keep reading because the second that you stop reading, you're slowly on the path where you're going to stop learning and stop growing and I lost my passion for reading for a long time, recently picked it back up, and um, it's really enriched my life. So go find a book that you can really uh, get into and nerd out on. Dude, I love it. I'm really glad that I, I, I asked that. So if somebody wanted to connect with you, Jeff, uh, what or wanted to learn more about Quote Wizard, maybe their insurance agent, whatever, how, what would be the best way for them to reach out? Yeah. Um, so you can email me. My email is jhoag at qw-corp.com. I think that might be in the uh, podcast description there. Um, other than that, follow us on our socials. The Lending Tree so social page is the one that we use the most these days. But then quotewizard.com, uh, if you peruse that, you'll find the uh, page for agents as well. And you can learn more about our product and our services and, and how you can leverage our leads with a good CRM-like shape to really grow your business. And Hogue, just for the record, is spelled H-O-G-U-E in case um, in case you're wondering how, how to spell it. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Once again, this has been Shapeshift. I'm Jimmy Ryan and Scott Payne. Thanks a lot. Thank you.